Feeling kind of left out at work on Monday morning? Check out The Barf, breaking news, acquisitions, research, and funding. It's a look back at the week that was so you can prepare for the week that is. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is uh, the Use Case Podcast brought to you by Work to Find. We have Darren on today. We're going to be talking about his business, Cloverleaf. Uh, Darren, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself? I would love to. Yeah, Darren Murner, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cloverleaf. Uh, I am based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. I was in Cleveland for three years. I was uh, at school in Cleveland. I, I would say I'm sorry, but I don't want to offend you. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. no, no. That, that, that experience taught me I am not a cold weather person. <laughs> that was yeah, the you're, you're quite a bit you're more Texas than Cincinnati. So, <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati is right across. What's across the street or uh, across the river? Is that Lexington? Well, it's it's Kentucky, but yeah. uh, Lexington's a little bit further south. But yeah, oh, the, the actual Cincinnati airport is in northern Kentucky, which always freaks yes. people out when they land yes. there. And yes. people and the the flight it's a attendant, little dis, it's a little disorienting. That's right. Yeah, the flight attendant comes on and says, "Welcome to Northern Kentucky, Greater Cincinnati Airport." And they, no one hears anything after Northern Kentucky. They're like, "Oh my <laughs> said, god, on the wrong flight! I don't want to be late." And I think uh, Procter and Gamble has a pretty big uh, presence there, don't they? Yeah, I mean Cincinnati, I think punches above its weight in terms of large corporate presence. Yep. So Procter and Gamble, Kroger, uh, which is oh, you know wow. the country's largest grocery retailer, I guess. Um, right. And then GE Aviation Aircrafts. Now that they've split into three companies, it's that part of the, the that one of the three is uh, headquartered here in Cincinnati as well. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, three really big brands. Well, we're well, not from, the only thing yeah, I know about ahead. the area is LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Cleveland. That's, that's Cleveland. Cleveland. That's Cleveland. That's Akron. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. but well, the, the, Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. The bit. The bit there. Cincinnati is far south, and then you get Columbus and then Cleveland. Kind of as you go further up. Are you? Did you go to the Ohio State? I did not, and okay. I love that you put the on there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I've, been, <laughs> I've been corrected so many times, Darren. It's now it's you know it's ingrained yeah. in me. And I went to the the University of Alabama, but we don't say the. What, 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 what's, 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 the yeah. what's the story that's, behind that? Every, I, I can't. I mean, every Sunday it's like. The Ohio State University. Because the they trademarked it. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, I, you know, there, there's a lot of other Cloverleaf businesses. You know, one does like point of sale and another one does healthcare. And I think we should just put the in front of Cloverleaf. Yeah, 100%. The Cloverleaf. Like, the Cloverleaf. The Cloverleaf. Yeah. You know, there's a down south, close to y'all, down south, but, but more back to the east, there's Ohio University. Uh, yes right yeah that's which it's, is a great school it's more of a liberal i, I want to say liberal arts it's more school. yeah yeah it's, right i used to get that confused because people would say yeah ohio university ohio state i'd be oh okay where's that is that columbus they get really offended no <laughs> it's not that university it's like oh all right my bad it's a bad yeah, i mean people get very territorial about that stuff 100 percent, 100 percent uh, but yeah, I actually, I went down to Cincinnati for an interview once for, uh, uh, for Procter and Gamble and, and I flew into Northern Kentucky, did the whole bit, but Cincinnati's got some great architecture. Like it's a, it's a gym. Great food like it's scene, a really great cool arts. Scene. Yeah, it is yeah. It's like uh surprisingly, I think high end for a city its size. So, right. Yeah. 
right? You, it doesn't get the credit, which isn't a bad thing. That means people aren't flocking to it, right? So you, we, you know, we always you, laugh because you know whenever it, Cincinnati is portrayed in uh, like uh, TV shows or movies, right, 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 right. always this like uh, literally there's a show called The Good Place, which I, I think is a very funny, mm-hmm. uh, very witty show. And uh, there was an episode and, and the whole concept behind it is that you go, you know, it's like basically heaven or purgatory and, mm-hmm. and, and they're making these decisions. And, and it's really, it's a really funny take on the whole thing. And uh, I just remember one episode where there was like, well, can I go to a medium place like Cincinnati? You know, it's like, kind of how, like people think about Cincinnati. I think we all the, have the full, you have four seasons and you know, Ryan Paycor is there okay, uh, in our space. They're yeah. in Cincinnati. That's right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I can live somewhere without four seasons. Yeah. It is, we only I have two in Texas. Texas doesn't do it for me. No, but you had no, me, no. Darren. You had me at food. So I'm yes. pretty sure we should come up there and just see 100%. what you guys are up to and eat food. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of great HR tech businesses here. So um, I'm sure your community. You can probably write it off as a business expense. Somehow. 100%. That's where Disrupt uh, HR started, right? So Jennifer no McClure okay. and Chris Ushers, they started it yeah. in Cincinnati. Yep. So, well, Darren, let's let's learn a little bit about Cloverleaf. Tell us what's the uh, the pain that you kind of wanted to attack, and what's the solution? Yeah, so we um, our tagline is automated coaching, um, and I, I would say my co-founder and I didn't set out to create a coaching business. Um, we worked together at a digital video agency where we made 30, 60 second explainer videos, little animated yep. videos that describe whatever product uh, or service you're doing. And um, we did anywhere from 100 to 150 concurrent video projects in our studio at any one time. And we just saw the pain of collaboration, like the difficulty of knowledge work, uh, where you have people who are bringing their experiences and skill sets and backgrounds together to create something amazing on the other end of that. And uh, we just saw really wide variation in the outcomes of those projects. So we'd put a designer with a creative director and it would be an amazing video. And you'd put a designer with that same designer with a different creative director. And it was just terrible. You know, the video wasn't great and the customer didn't sign up for more videos. And, really just started us down this path of saying, hey, we believe technology can actually bring some uh, transparency to that behavioral layer of how work gets done. And I think, you know, there's a lot of great tools in the market that do things like helping you onboard your employee more effectively or, uh, you know, uh, store learning content. And it just tends to be, uh, you know, more process focused or project focused. And, I just, it, for us, it felt like, man, that's a really big problem. You know, people uh, are challenging and there's a whole host of challenges that come from that. And man, if we could bring technology to actually help people understand themselves better, understand each other better, and then do better collaboration in whatever form that looks like, right? Like one-on-one, you have a partner, um, you know, like you and Ryan or um, in a, in a team or in a larger organization, right. It just takes people working together and we need better tools and solutions to help them do that. So that's how we started. I mean, I think where we've ended up is, you know, when you think about all those challenges, 
the most common solutions that people buy for that today is, you know, they, they might get an assessment. So tools like Myers-Briggs or DISC or Enneagram, um, or they might hire a coach um, or some sort of, you know, facilitator to come in and, you know, get to know these people and help them understand themselves and, you know, work through challenging relationships. Uh, that stuff gets expensive and it's not really scalable. And yeah. you're kind of like, I don't know who to go to. And so we just felt like that was a really good place to really focus. Um, so we built integrations with the leading behavioral assessments in the market. So things like Strengths Finder, or they're they're called Clifton Strengths today, but right. Um, Enneagram and DISC and all of these tools that companies spend um, money on, but oftentimes don't get any sort of long-term value uh, from it. Um, and I think that's really the big, the big challenge is how do you embed that in your day-to-day work? Um, how do you translate that into something that helps people understand where they can give their best work um, and how they can do their best work together with other people, I think is the real underlying challenge. Darren, talk about your customer. Who who is your customer today in in what you're, you know, in, in, in who you're working with today? And maybe share a use case of how they're how they're using uh, your platform. Yeah. So I mean, theoretically, anyone could be our customer. That's a really challenging thing though, when you're building a mm-hmm. uh, a tech business, you're trying to figure out who to market and sell to. Um, yeah. ultimately I would say in larger enterprises, which is who we target, um, the buyer tends to be learning and development leaders or talent management leaders. Um, more than 50% of our initial buyers are non-HR buyers, though. These are people who are just leaders in the organization who are struggling to, you know, I don't know, maybe they just took over a new team and they're like, I don't know who these people are. I don't know how to motivate them. I don't know how to get through to them. Um, it could be, uh, you know, cross-functional project team. Uh, oftentimes we get a lot of people from like product management or, um, uh, you know, like if it's, uh, uh, you know, more traditional marketing uh, type company, it could just be like a project management type role who are just struggling to kind of bring people from different groups inside the organization together to be effective. And so that has created a little bit of a bottoms up sales process where it's like, you know, similar to Slack in the early days where it's like they didn't, you know, I think they probably went eight or 10 years without actually hiring a enterprise sales person. You know, they were just kind of like, Hey, here's the product, use it. And, you know, if you find value in it, great, give us some money. Um, And that was, that's kind (laughs) of been, to some degree. And that's, I feel like that's a little bit new in the HR space. You know, typically it's a top down sale and you're rolling technology out to everyone in the organization. But um, I think that has created some unique challenges and some unique opportunities for us, I think, as we uh, go to market. Do your clients now, or do you foresee them asking Cloverleaf to be integrated into other systems or other kind of workflows? Totally. I mean, I think, and we actually want to be, uh, because we, uh, one of the things that we do is we integrate with, uh, especially the communication tools that employees use every day. So email, calendar, Slack, Microsoft Teams. Um, uh, We did a a study a few years ago, and the average employee interacts with other people in those tools 119 times on an average workday. Um, That's not 119 unique individuals, but just 119 
119 interactions with other people. And so that's a great opportunity for us to tap into who people are engaging with and how we might be able to coach them on those specific um, interactions that they're having. So that's a really, that's a baseline integration that we've had for you know years at this point. I think the the bigger thing is we move into larger and larger employee counts um, and bigger organizations is how do we tap into tools like Workday or, um, you know, uh, whether it's uh, it, any of the larger, um, you know, HR, core HR platforms to better understand, hey, this person just got promoted and they've got new people that are reporting to them. Um, and how do we better coach them or suggest coaching on the people that they that they that now matters the most to them, right? So that's one example. I think another example is like, hey, these companies have invested heavily in learning solutions. So like Cornerstone is a partner of ours, and uh, or we're you know in their partner ecosystem, largely because if we can help serve up that that learning content uh, in a way that's relevant to people as they're having this this automated uh, digital coaching experience then that just actually, it makes everyone better, right? Uh, I think one of the challenges with a lot of that learning content is it just kind of sits out there and you hope people have some sort of demand and search for it and go use it and 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 upskill themselves. But oftentimes it's more about getting that that learning content into their hands at the point in time where they need it the most, right? And so, I think when they're engaging with our coaching content, it gives us a signal that, hey, there's a learning opportunity here that we want to we want to help tap into. Let's let's go deeper on that. How how is Cloverleaf serving up that content at the right time? Take us take us kind of behind the scenes there, paint that picture, and, and walk us through that that process. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of really unique data points on how people are engaging and interacting with each other. And more importantly, the really unique uh, and different lenses on what we would call human performance. Um, And I'll give you a quick example of that. You know, if you are using like Gallup's Clifton Strengths product, um, it speaks very much to the kinds of work and how you get energy from it. Another lens on human performance um, is when do I do my best work? So we have a chronotype assessment on on our platform that helps you, you know, if you've got a group of people look at, hey, for these eight people, here's the best ideal time to do some brainstorming. So if you're a leader and you're trying to schedule out this, um, you know, this session, when's the right time to do that? So those are two completely different and unique lenses on human performance. And we factor all of that into what kind of coaching we give to which person at which time. Then you layer in things like, oh, hey, I'm also having a one-on-one with this person. And there's a power dynamic at play here where this person reports to me and the kind of coaching I want to give to that person is going to be a little bit different than the coaching that I would get, right? Because I'm leading this person. Maybe um, I'm even able to see that, hey, there was a reorg and change is probably something that's creating stress in this person's life. So now that's another layer of context that I can use to create that coaching content for them. And when we say coaching content, we're talking a paragraph of text, right? Think, uh, you know, a Twitter feed, if you will, uh, for your own personal development. 
um, largely because we know that people have short attention spans, right? Um, we need bite-sized, contextually relevant, uh, and, and whether you want to call it coaching content or learning content, to come alongside them at the point in time where they need it. So that's really the focus for us is how do we better contextualize that? The more data points that we have that helps us understand who you are, the better we can contextualize that coaching. The more we understand the people that you're interacting with and the unique needs that they have, again, that helps us better contextualize. And then there's a feedback loop associated with that. So we sent 138 million coaching insights last year. And every single one of those have an opportunity to be rated. So you can tell us, was it helpful? Did you learn something new? Um, did, did you actually put it into practice? Does it feel spot on or is it a little off? And why does it feel a little off? So we actually get to, get to learn and know you at a really deep and kind of intimate level. Um, and consistently, all of our users say um, that it just, you know, we're, we're a you know, they'll use terms like a helper or a resource or maybe a Sherpa, right? Because it really gets to know you and delivers the right kind of coaching content at the point in time where you need it. So I'm an extremely dark and sarcastic person. <laughs> so that's the preface for this next question is, is all coaching content the same? Meaning, you know, my personality, if you, if you did a personality assessment, like a Hogan assessment, and you do that about me, like if you, if you give me coaching content, that's, um, uh, affirmation, I'm going to disqualify it automatically. Sure. Right. Just that's my personality. Yeah. But some people need that. So I'm just wondering like, okay, no. the first, the first part of this question is how do you make it personal to the person? And I'm yep. sure that there's a way to do that. And the second thing is, it's about learning differences and learning styles. How do you bake that in to how people like to learn? I'm sure it's baked in. If it's not, it will be, but I'm sure it is. But let's... No, totally. Yeah, so a, a few thoughts there. So one, uh, just if you look at our core behavioral assessments that are on the platform, there's over 215 distinct and unique data points. And those are if they were just a discrete data point. So right. I'll give you an example. One of those data points is introversion and extroversion, right? Um, and the reality is introversion, extroversion isn't a uh, binary uh, right. data point, right? You're not right. either an introvert or an extrovert. You're actually on this continuum. Um, and so it's not just 215 distinct data points, but it's also a continuum on each of those. So we do factor that in, right? You know, if you're highly extroverted, right, then that coaching content is going to be different. Um, so that's one thing. To keep in mind. And if you were to just look at those 215 distinct data points, um, I think it's had some ridiculous number of zeros uh, in terms of the, the unique uh, individual quote unquote profiles of an individual. So we don't, we don't really use a profile perspective. We just incorporate those data points into the coaching content that you get. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing, so just in terms of the personalization, the second piece of that, which is do you factor in learning style? Well, the cool thing is every single one of those, well, not every single one of those data points, but a lot of those data points provide insight into how people like to learn. Um, so 
If you like swiping, then head over to Substack and search up Work Defined, W-R-K Defined, and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. So that also gets incorporated into it. Now we have some we have some standard, uh, I would say philosophies, right, in terms of how people and and it's all based on you know decades of research about uh, adult learners and learning in the workplace. Um, which is part of the reason why we have embedded it into the tools that you're using, right? Um, we are, it is bite-sized. Uh, we do build in reflection. So as we're sending you this coaching content, we give the opportunity to share that content with other people. We give the ability to, to write reflections on it so that maybe even turn those into action steps, right? So we also don't just, it's not all rainbows and sunshine, right? Because we know that the reality yeah. is we're all looking for ways to grow and get better um, at the things that we're doing. So we're going to highlight those areas that could be potential blind spots or, or you know, potholes in terms of uh, how you learn and how you can translate that into action in a really powerful way, right? Not just uh, telling you how great you are, and um, how you can, how you should be more uh, of of those great things. But it's also, hey, these are some real areas for growth and opportunity. And here's some strategies, right, to help you do that based on your learning styles or based on your behavioral profile. Where, where's where's all this training content coming from that you're recommending? Yeah. So the the base coaching content is is ours, right? We've written. Um, literally tens of thousands of uh, what I would say base content. Um, and then that is translated, that base content. I, I always refer to it as like Lego blocks, right? Because we're snapping together individual pieces of right. coaching content that is then, you know, filtered through the feedback that we're getting from individuals on that coaching content and how that um, interacts with each other to customize the right piece of coaching content for you. So that's the base. Now, I would say there's lots of jumping off points to that earlier question around integrations, because, you know, if you're using uh, SAP SuccessFactors LMS, right, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a set of, and you might even have, there, there might be a baseline of core content that is, unique and specific to that platform. There's probably also a lot of learning content in there that is custom to that organization, right? Maybe they've built it themselves and it's available in there. So we want to also really partner with those learning platforms and with the companies themselves to how do we tap into serving that content up? One of the key categories of coaching that we spend a a lot of, lot of a lot of focus and a lot of value that our customers get from it is conflict management, right? So how do we avoid unnecessary conflict? How do we work through and resolve conflict when we're in it? Uh, Or how do we help other people uh, work through conflict? And oftentimes organizations have some really great courses or micro learning opportunities on conflict and how do we serve that up to them in a way that's relevant to this coaching that we're serving them about, um, you know, how they're likely to uh, end up in conflict or how they can identify the source of, of conflict and manage their way through that. Darren, how have your customers asked you to tie? Because obviously, uh, you, you know, this touches pretty much all aspects of HR, 
Um, the the ones that kind of come to mind right away are performance, compensation, total rewards, you know, recognition, if you will. Like again, we're learning how to coach someone. Okay, we're coaching them. Hopefully, towards an end, like there's a goal in mind, right? Duh. And so, if that end is met, well, then there's a, a wonderful recognition moment, or there's a wonderful performance moment, possibly a compensation or a bonus moment. Like um, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. Uh, and, and I know that I know you. I know you know that. But just tell us about how your clients, and not by name, by by the way, but how they've seen this and kind of connected the dots. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we do very early on is, one, get to get to know our customers and some of their key uh, talent strategies, right? So everybody has a little bit of a different focus area. Somebody might be more on new manager development or leader development. Uh, another uh, organization might be focused more on teaming and collaboration or inclusion as a, as a general concept. And so part of what we do is really kind of show them how other companies are integrating that with some of their core workflow in those areas. So like a really good example of this is if you went and looked at our website, you're not going to see anything on there about onboarding. Um, and oftentimes when you think about employee onboarding, you're thinking about, hey, did they get their an account set up on their in the systems that you use? Right, do they right. have a computer, right? Do they have a, a physical workspace if they're in the office somewhere? Uh, the reality correct. is the bigger challenge with onboarding is just getting a sense of who this person is, right? Building connections in the teams that they're joining. So, um, you know, even simple things like that, where it's like, hey, here's how you can integrate Cloverleaf into these other places. So we've also built features and capabilities to make it easy to integrate with those things. So you mentioned performance management. You might be using a tool like, I don't know, Lattice or 15.5 that does, right. you know, lightweight, uh, you know, management conversations, whether you want to call them one-on-ones or you want to call them check-ins. Um, and one of the great things is as we're sending you this coaching content, you can easily just copy the link to that unique coaching moment and add it to your one-on-one, right? So uh, those are, there's really easy, simple ways that, Either, you know, even if it's not a, a deep integration with the platform that you're using, you could easily copy and paste those uh, learning moments into other tools, right? So yeah. that you have language. And I think one of the biggest challenges with managers and effective, I think, performance conversations is the the depth and the quality of those conversations, right? Do I have the language to put to, um, you know, the, the thing that I'm recognizing in your performance and do I have language to put to the specific strategies to help you overcome some of those challenges. And the great thing is we consistently hear time and time again from our users is that we give them language to put to the things that they're experiencing that really helps them communicate that in a way that actually can be acted upon. And so that's one one answer to your question. I think the other question is, um, you know, about this kind of like goal or outcome, right? We're not trying to replace a tool like a Lattice or 15.5 or CultureAmp from the standpoint of like top down goal setting and, and cascading that down to individual goals. And instead, we actually see uh, kind of the employee experience as this 
ongoing uh, kind of dynamic experience, right? Whether you're there for three years or you're there for uh, 33 years, um, you are likely taking new roles. You're taking on new projects with new team members. Uh, you're interacting and maybe selling ideas or projects to people cross-functionally that may work in other parts of your organization that you may only interact with once in your entire career. And so the real focus is how do we give you the tools and resources to be effective with all of those people, um, even if you only meet them once. Um, and I think because of that, we're not necessarily just focused on, hey, we're here to help you climb the corporate ladder and get to the next, uh, you know, the next role. Although, hey, I think there are many ways that we can help you get that promotion. Um, I think it's more about how are we helping you grow um, as an individual contributor in whatever role that you're in in the organization for however long that you're with that organization. And the cool thing is we've even built in some ways for you to actually take some of that with you when you leave that organization and you can take it to the next company. It's almost like uh, I would like to call it a 401k for your for your development right. plan. And that allows them to bring you to the next company it, it as is well. Wow. <laughs> like, it not is that you ever what? thought of that. What? Let, let's, let's take this the other way, right? Let's, let's go dark for a moment. Um, and I'm assuming that was a nice Miller Lite or something. You're drinking. I, I wish. I mean, it's a diet. Coke, but, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that Miller Lite is nice anyway. Actually, the other night someone said, "You want an MGD?" I'm like, "A what? A what? Like, come on!" Like, I mean, I, I'm not a drinker, but like, even I know. Anyway, so let's go the opposite way here. A company's not using cloverleaf, right? They're resisting the the urge to use this, right? You, you can't break in yep. one. Why are they resisting, right? Where are you meeting the most resistance? But then. Further beyond that, what is that company going to miss? What's what's the repercussion for them for not using Cloverleaf? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things. One, um, we do understand that like every culture is different, right? right. Um, and yeah. I think there's a ton of configurability built into the product. But at the end of the day, some uh, cultures may not value a level of transparency um, that I think Cloverleaf mm-hmm. supports and builds. Um, and so, um, it, those are things that we look for in the sales process to say, Hey, is this a good fit culturally? You know, is this product going to be something that's going to deliver value or is it going to be something that is disruptive potentially? Um, and, uh, we want to make sure there's a good cultural fit with the product. Um, so I do think that's something that we look at. I think uh, the other piece of that is just the configuration, right? One of the things that is really core to the product experience is really giving the individual employee the ability to, to choose how their data is shared and with who they're sharing it with, right? There's an opt-in process at the very beginning to even say, hey, I, I want to create an account and I want to you know, either take some of these assessments or provide some data points that we can use as a starting point to the coaching conversation. Uh, from there, right, they can also choose, hey, who do I want to share coaching content with? Who's in my coaching network? Who am I on teams with? Am I okay to share this information with them? Where do I want that coaching to be delivered? Um, and again, all of that stuff is to really help um, fit with, I think, the culture of the organization is there, both in terms of their level of, um, I would say, uh, data privacy and the culture of their data privacy and data sharing practices, 
but also just to allow the individual to feel really comfortable that they're in control of who and how and where that information is shared. I think, you know, if I just go to the to the very final point that you had around, you know, what are they missing out on? You know, the reality is we still have to, it's difficult if someone's never used this before. If I'm selling, you know, payroll software and you mentioned Paycor earlier, you know, there's a, that, that is an established market that's been around for decades. And uh, I think people have a really clear sense of feature, uh, you know, value for the price that they're paying in that market. I think this is, it's a new and emerging category in an existing segment. But I think because people haven't seen that before, right, oftentimes the biggest barrier for us is they've just never tried it. They don't know what this experience looks like because they know what a traditional coach looks like. Hey, if I've been coached in the past, I know what that feels like, but I just don't believe maybe that technology can do that or they can do it at the level of value that it would cost. And so because of that, we've created a really easy way for people to engage for free. So there's a free trial that you can do from our homepage. So we just know that oftentimes people need to touch it, feel it, experience it, and have some personal stories uh, before they can say that, like, yeah, hey, this is something that I want to devote uh, or I want to maybe reallocate some dollars from other solutions to um, in, you know, in a potentially a bigger way. So, you know, furthering Ryan's question, is there places where this works, where Cloverleaf works better? Uh, certain industries, market size of companies, et cetera. Is there anything in the data where you look back at your customers and you say, oh, okay, you know what, healthcare, we're killing it or whatever. Is there any, any places where you know that it works really well? And maybe even the opposite, if there's a place, an industry or something like that, a segment where it's like, eh, we haven't cracked that nut yet. Yeah, I think a few things there. I think one, if you're in a small team of six people and you've worked together for 10 years, we're probably <laughs> not going to add the level of value, right, Fair. that you're, that you're going to be excited about. Um, if you are in a larger organization where there's higher levels of collaboration, right, maybe more knowledge work that's being done. Um, you know, there's a lot of internal mobility and even, you know, maybe uh, maybe even higher levels of turnover. Uh, we're going to add a lot more value in those organizations. Um, and so for that reason, I think we've really kind of focused on companies with a, a minimum number of employees. Right. And I would say, like, it tends to be around 100. Um, I think once we get 100 people on. Uh, from an individual organization, the level of value and the level of growth um, inside that organization goes up uh, tremendously. And I think the other piece, you know, we're really industry agnostic, uh, but I would say there are some industries where we have higher concentrations of customer and, and even success stories. And those tend to be, again, where some of those commonalities exist. You know, professional services is a really good place. And whether it's a, a marketing branding agency or it's an accounting firm or a law firm, right? That right. that component of like, hey, people, you know, human skills is really important to the, the success of an individual in that organization or the success of the organization as a whole. Um, the, the human skills is critical, right? To the success of those businesses. Um, I would also say, um, you know, industries like consumer products or retail even have we've been really successful with 
government, um, a ton of government customers, everything from city governments to uh, federal government agencies. Uh, so I would say there's no one in particular that we're, we're really focused on, but I think it's more the nature of the work that they're doing and the level of collaboration that that is right. happening on a daily basis or that needs to happen for that company to be successful. Ryan, do you have another one? No, go, go ahead. I was... <laughs> so the, uh, the next question I have is more buy side. And it's uh, three prongs. You can take them in any order you like. Uh, One is when you're doing a demo on the occasion, when you do a demo, what's the favorite part of the Darvial's demo? Secondly, um, if you could draft the questions for prospects to ask you, what would you love for them to be asking you? What types of questions and maybe even specific questions? And the last part of that is, uh, favorite customer survey without names. We don't need names, but just how they use Cloverleaf to get from A to Z, et cetera. So you can take them in any order you want to. Yeah, I, actually, I think I'll take the last question first because sure. uh, one of my favorite examples um, is we actually, we were recruiting uh, someone uh, to join our company on the engineering side. And uh, we were we were going out to drinks after a long day, um, and it was kind of they were going to be heading out to the airport uh, shortly after. And so we uh, go to this place that's pretty close by, and uh, we are you know we've ordered some drinks, sitting out on the patio, we're talking, and uh, this person sees our cloverleaf branded. You know, somebody has something on that has cloverleaf on it, and. Uh, the lady goes, oh my gosh, Cloverleaf. I love that. Like our company uses it, you know, here. And so it, it, it actually felt like a plant and we had to tell the recruiter, right? <laughs> they were like, hey, we swear we did not pay this person to, to say these things. But my co-founder asked her the question, well, what do you love about it? And after a couple of follow-up questions, she goes, you know what? I think you're just helping me be a better person and get into heaven. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, man, if I could just wow. put that, you know, somewhere on the, you know, like we're making you better people and uh, we'll get you into heaven. Um, so that was, that was a funny story that we had once, but I would say if I were to, if I were to come back to maybe the first parts of those questions um, and the, the, so the buy side of that, mm-hmm. um, gosh, what, what were the first two prongs again? I want to make sure I'm, I'm it's, it's, it's you're probably really far away from doing demos at this point, but on the occasion you get to do a demo, what's your favorite part? Well, you know you're going to get to a certain part in the demo and you're like, I'm a li- they're going to light up when I get yeah. here. And, and the other was uh, scripted questions, things that you would love for prospects to ask you. Yeah, so on the scripted question side, I mean – I think we have a series of questions that, you know, our AEs are asking um, in, right. those, in those first calls. And I can tell you what some of those are. And uh, frankly, it would, it would make sense, right? You know, hey, are you using behavioral assessments or are you, are you spending money on coaching? Um, we do ask about talent strategies, right? Because we yep. really want to know like, hey, what's really important to them? And how can we, how can we demonstrate that we can provide, um, the ability for them to achieve those talent strategies, whether it's a one year or three year or five year kind of goal, uh, we want to make sure that we're we're linking it to that value proposition. And then um, 
you know, other questions, you know, I think for companies that are using assessments, um, and I don't know a company uh, that isn't, um, you know, hey, which tools are you using? Because I mean, one of the great things about Cloverleaf is we're not asking you to learn a new language or vocabulary. Right. If you really love Gallup's Clifton Strengths product, then we want, we, you know, the product allows you to continue to use that language and, you know, capture kind of the value of that uh, instead of it being a one-time experience where you get this 40 page PDF report and you're like, Oh, I learned a few things. And I stick it in desk drawer. Um, <laughs> we can actually help you activate that right over the entire employee life cycle. And so really understanding what, what tools are important to them, where they're spending money today can help us really connect our solution to that longer term value proposition. And then I think along that line, the like in a demo, the wow factor, and I mean, multiple times people generally light up, but one of the, one of the cool things is we have a team dashboard. So you can actually see your team visualized uh, along these different dimensions. Um, and then there's just a ton of really great coaching content um, around that. So a good example is if you love disc and, you know, there's the four quadrants and a disc wheel, uh, we plot that out visually. We show you, hey, you know, if you might look like an outlier in this visualization, or maybe you're not, but there's somebody else in your team that does uh, appear to be an outlier in that visualization. Here's what that is. Here's what they're likely be, to be experiencing, right? And here's how you can pull them into the conversation at the right time so they don't feel like an outsider, right, or, or an outlier, and we have that across all of those different dimensions. So you can kind of pick and choose, you know, what visualizations you want on there, what kind of content is embedded as you add people to your team or as there's movement, internal mobility. Um, it adjusts in real time to show what that new team uh, looks like and where their strengths and where their weaknesses are as a team um, so that you actually can better serve the people in the organization. Um, you know, if we were a marketing team and uh, we're focused on serving a particular uh, channel, um, understanding, you know, how other people in the organization are, are perceiving our team and, and how we can be more effective as a team um, just generally lights, lights people up, right? Like you can really see um, the connection points to, oh, this is how this can help us really deliver value in a bigger way, how we can be a higher performing team, how our people who maybe um, in some situations are being marginalized or, or feeling, you know, not a part of the team, how they can get pulled into the fold in a more meaningful way and, and not just pulled in, but actually elevated because they have some unique strengths and talents that, you know, maybe we hadn't recognized and hadn't really been, um, I think, utilizing to its fullest uh, extent. And um, that's usually where people are like, wow, uh, I want to show this person. I want to use it in this context. Here's how we can have, you know, it just, it sparks a series of possibilities, I think, in their mind. And I think that's usually the point where we're like, okay, this is, this is going to be a great fit. We just need to figure out how do we navigate the sales process and get it to, um, get it to implementation. Chops Mike walks off stage. Darren, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, it's, it was wonderful. Ryan and I, I know we learned a lot about relief and coaching. So thank you so much for skilling us up.
I get it. The podcast just isn't enough. That's all right. Head over to your favorite social app, search up Work Defined, W-R-K Defined, and connect with us.